December 22nd. December 22nd. Welcome to what's our podcast called? The Freedman Podcast. (laughs) The Freedman Podcast. The man who can't even remember his last name. Uh, What's left of it anyway? Uh, it's December 22. The world is ruined again. Yeah, Christmas is cancelled. Yep. Phil, yep. Phil, where are you? Phil got out. Where are you, Phil? I'm in Queensland. I'm in Brisbane, baby, where I have been shoved into a dungeon and considered a leper because I come from Sydney. Unbelievable. <laughs> Chook is working her magic again. Uh, I think actually, so Phil is joining us via Zoom, which as we know is beautiful for making podcasts <laughs> we're gonna try our best not to speak over you phil um so just tell us to shut up if we do but no it is december 22 christmas is three days away and christmas is effectively cancelled adam and i were both supposed to go to queensland uh next week this was my first trip away since i had the baby I was really looking forward to it Whole nearly made it involved going up there with my wife's parents and brother and sister we had babysitting sorted we had a very fancy dinner already booked and planned, and it's all gone to shit. Uh, Merry yeah. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear me, dear me. It's been it's been a it's been a hell of a mess, I must say, to give you a give you a rough idea of how it all played out getting to here. So uh, you know, I was due to head out on Sunday night and uh, you know, all all set until I realized that they were probably gonna pull the border shut in time. So I had to pull my flight forward 24 hours to slide over the line. Yeah. On the last flight from uh, from Sydney to Brisbane, uh, slid over to the line and, and you know got the uh, got the got the interrogation from the AFP on the way in about where I lived and you know what what spots I came from and did all of that stuff and arrived and the uh, the hotel hadn't received my booking and they were full, <laughs> so I ended up, ended up going from uh, from one hotel to the other, and then uh, I, I decided to to do the right thing so I could set you know, set my family's nerves at ease and, and go and get a test. I popped down to the nearest testing centre, the CBD here in Brisbane, to find that it's only open nine to five, Monday to Friday. Uh, and then went to the second testing centre where I proceeded to stand in the sun for two hours outside the front of the hospital waiting in line to get the jab. There's, a, a, two hour, there's a two hour wait in Queensland for tests, yeah. are there? Five minutes in now, I was. There you go. Five minutes in now, I was in my local park. I assume oh, it was a COVID test. Was <laughs> <laughs> some guy with a syringe and paper bag. <laughs> Adzo, I didn't you, think that was so expensive, but anyway. That's the thing, Adzo. You spoke so highly of the COVID test. I thought to myself, you know what? I'd like to wait in line for two hours for this thing. And I'd like to do so in the baking hot Queensland sun. Um, but I say this acknowledging that a hell of a lot of people had family holidays planned specifically to bake in the Queensland sun. So, you know, I can't. It's not all bad. Yeah, that's my hope. Yeah, that was my hope. My uh, my uncle and aunt got out as well in time. But uh, yeah, look, it is it, it's a fucked up situation. I, I was at the beach. I was at Coogee Beach today with my kids. We were, you know, went went for lunch. Went to Macca's for lunch. It's Gross. like, well, yeah, that's not <laughs> that's not the point. The point is, you know, it just feels pretty normal, you know. And yet, yes, it is. It's so we're just is. not allowed One, to go anywhere. I don't cross the bridge if I don't have to. No, nobody does. No one goes to Northern Sydney. Unless they already live in Northern Sydney. Uh, well, I found it, it was hilarious. It was, they were talking about how they cancelled the uh, Sydney to Hobart yacht race. Yeah. And a big part of that was because o- about half of the people that ride those yachts down live on the Northern Beaches. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the richest, ritziest people in Sydney live in this area. 
I, I'm quite happy to avoid that whole area altogether. I never it's go there. It's actually true, isn't it? There's, I think, I think all the other states need to understand the social psyche of the Northern <laughs> Beaches Council. Yeah. Anyone who lives within the Northern Beaches Council, the rest of the Sydney doesn't want to, want to, want to. We don't want a piece of them. We want a piece of them. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we're wailing on a huge potential audience here, but, you know, let's go all in. But I think we've actually been saved by the insular nature of that area because they keep contact tracing everything. And it's like, nope, it's just a Northern Beaches strain. Like they nobody goes in. Nope. Don't go there. Exactly. Nobody leaves and nobody comes in. So we thought today our episode will, it's going to be a, it's our Christmas special, but we don't <laughs> care for Christmas and Christmas is cancelled. Yeah. So it's our Festivus Airing of grievances. Adam and I are already lick it up, if you can't tell already. We've had a couple. We got we got a bit of anger issues at the moment to yeah. get through. So we thought we would start with the Festivus airing of grievances. Absolutely. Um, Fest- Festivus starts with the airing of grievances. <laughs> Have you got the poll? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think, and also we're doing this over Zoom, so it's harder, but... I was going to say something, but I can't remember because the look is starting to kick in. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're just going to start <laughs> grievancing now? Is no, wait. No. Phil, start the episode with your normal strap line. Oh, the strap line. Yeah. From the fat team to you, this is the Freedman Podcast. Strap in, gentlemen. All right. Let's continue on with airing of grievances. Well, I only have one, and it's just against the world. I oh, interesting, I, interesting, because I've got a whole list. <laughs> no, no, no. I, okay, obviously, I think I've got quite a few messages from friends saying, "Well, it's time for you to shine on LinkedIn again. Oh, go, yeah. a- go after her, big dog." <laughs> but I think what's his face in WA is actually more, more plebiscite. I hate him. He started this shit. Yeah, he did. Finally, that I was watching him give his little statement. And he just looks like a year 11 kid. He does. Reading, like in his dad's suit, <laughs> reading off a piece of paper. He was just standing there, just, didn't even look at the camera, just reading off his notes. He could have been anyone. They didn't even need to get the premier to give the press conference. They could have just gotten a proxy in to just read his little handwritten note. Yep. He even stumbled over it a few times and had to go back and reword it. That guy's, guy's awful. What's hey, his name? Uh, Mark. Mark, someone? Who would even know and who even cares, really? <laughs> I mean, I mean, that, that's it's almost like uh, if if the if the Northern Beaches is, is is kind of a non-entity to the rest of Sydney. I tell you, WA is is a non-entity to the rest of Australia. It's the only reason Plebuchuk's been getting so much shit is because people actually want to go to Queensland. Yeah, it, it is pretty funny because when yeah, people are like, well, hang on, Mark, what's his face is in in WA is you know even harder. He's stronger, blah blah blah. It's like yeah, that's true. But it's WA who gives a toss. And I know we're completely isolating our our Western Australian listeners and many of them there are. But the reality is Mark McGowan. He sounds like a rugby league player. (laughs) He actually does, doesn't he? Mark McGowan. McGowan on the attack now. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, nice. Takes off a few would-be tacklers. To win the game. (laughs) So, look, fuck Mark. Yeah. Fuck Anastasia. Fuck everyone. And I get, look, and on the serious note, I get that there's a health issue. I'm not, I'm not downplaying that. But I felt it this week. There's a mental health issue here as well. Like there is, especially after the year, you know, we've all had, but particularly me in the tourism industry, oh, yeah. really looking forward to a couple of weeks off, seeing my friends, you know, and blah, blah. And I get it. I get you have to do what you have to do to a degree. 
But you know where we're sitting right now tonight, the cases have been traced. Yep. They have the you know the the the, the outbreak has been somewhat isolated. Obviously, tomorrow is a new day. But where we're sitting right now, seemingly contained. Seemingly yes. contained, and just feels like to say that the the the, the borders to Queensland are closed to January eight. I've seen. I've got two close like colleagues or friends I know who have been in tears because they're not seeing family. Uh, this week and, and and it's just it is heartbreaking and I believe I read somewhere that you know calls to lifeline are up oh, 20% be. 100% they would be um, it's, it's, it's a tough it's week. always rough for people that are lonely around Christmas and this is affecting so many more people than it ever has before you know we've got family we were looking forward to meeting up in Queensland family we've hardly seen since our baby was born 10 months ago and now to find out just a week before we were, we were there to ready to shake hands is that it's all been snatched away from us. It's affecting us. It's affecting, you know, my whole family and it's affecting a lot of Australians. So pretty big grievance. Let's throw it out there. Maybe a grievance. Yeah, and, and I think it really does raise a, a very real question that has not been debated nearly enough, in my opinion, regardless of where it lands, of the question of is, is the antidote of lockdown worse than the disease itself, if you know what I mean. I mean there's yeah. a certain... There's going to be a tipping point as this thing goes on because there's only so long from a mental health perspective and also from a lack of exercise, lack of sunshine, like all of these different things that affect in a lockdown that are going to begin to stack health issues in such a way that it's actually more dangerous than the actual virus itself. And there seems to be no fully reasoned debate around this. People who want to raise that just sort of get slammed down as, well, well, you just let it run rampant. But the question is, you know, they really, you really do have to look at whether, in fact, the lockdown could be worse in the long run um, if it's going to continue because it's all well and good but to be facing looking down the barrel of continual lockdowns for another year. You've got to, you've got to wonder how somebody will fray um, in the face of that. So, you know, that sort of turned into a rant. No, <laughs> but, uh, no they're playing with our, they're it's, playing it's, with our, our mental health now. And, and, you know, I am someone yes. who... Who sees the glasses? You know, I think everyone who knows me knows I'm a glass half full kind of guy, sure. positive nature. But you know, this week's just been a real sort of kick in the guts. And if that's a bit, maybe if it's even a bit selfish. But you know, I also I had, I had, a, I had, a, I had a family funeral last week. People mm. from WA overnight, and they were returning. There was something overnight had to quarantine. You know, if that's not extreme reaction. Yeah. But I don't. What I don't understand about this bloody country of ours is that. New South Wales seems to be tracing okay and keeping under wraps. Yeah. Where is the? Why another of the other states trying to trace and do this? I get that you know you don't want to challenge that. You don't want to say, well, let's see how good our tracing is. But there has to be a debate at some point that there's more than just the physical health part here. That the mental health is yeah. starting to weigh in. So, uh, you know, obviously, major airing of grief festivals grievances is just on this whole shit show that we're in, in yet again. Actually, just on that, that term shit show, and yes. this is a question I want to put out to everybody here, is that I hear about we've uh, tested the sewer underneath this particular yeah, football stadium <laughs> and yeah. no, one, no one had COVID at this football stadium from testing the sewer waters. They could test the sewer waters and say, uh -huh. oh, the 40,000 people in this stadium, none of them had COVID because it wasn't in there. So why don't they just get in groups of 40,000 at a time People filing in and out of the MCG, SCG, Adelaide, whatever it is, testing, you know, just 
one big test, 40,000 people tested in one go. If it's clear, those guys can do whatever they like. So wait, is this a communal shit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so do you need to go? Come on down to the SCG. They've got the, the, the scientists with their microscopes or whatever hanging out over the pipes down the bottom, checking it all out. But that means you don't have to line up like an idiot for seven hours at Bondi uh-huh. to, get, to get a COVID test. Meanwhile, the cops are like giving $300 fines to anyone that was on their phone. Did you read about yeah, that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Unbelievable, yeah. shitful behavior. We could sort this all out in about 20 trips to the MCG and then we'd know who was sick and who was not. So, and the rest of us could go on holiday. That's brilliant. That, that, honestly, that's what Adam brings. <laughs> honestly, these are just, this is just the kind of outside-the-box thinking <laughs> that the people in charge need to be hearing. And I think we need to clip that and we need to send it to all the politicians across Australia as the solution. Yeah. Just, you know, everyone, hey, I need to go take a dump. Yeah. I'm doing my part, hon. Yeah, yeah. You're That's right. That's right. 11 a.m. At the, at the SCG. Come on down. Do your business. We'll test you. If you're one of the 40,000 that all shit at the same time and came out clear, will you get the, a big stamp on your wrist? Like you've been at that home nightclub or something. <laughs> You're clear, and then they bring in the next 40. The 11.15 session comes in. <laughs> what, if you, yeah, hey, what if I can't go? Nah, it's cool. that Everyone who does it gets a free four and 20. Just, <laughs> yeah. just What, after? No, before. <laughs> just before they give you a four and 20 and a mid-strength beer to really force it all through you. Seriously, but that, seriously for a second, could we not, if we can honestly test 40,000 people at once by checking the sewer water, could we not... Use that as a testing facility, just 40,000 at a time. And that's what I was going to say. The added benefit to this too is that I'll get to go and do the thing that I like doing at the SCG most of all, and that isn't watching the cricket. It's not the four and 20 <laughs> pie. It's not, it's not the mid-strength beer. It's taking a giant shit. That's <laughs> the thing I love to do at the SCG most of all. So I would get the opportunity to do that. So I'm all in. I'm all in. And those scientists that have to collect and test it, but they're the greatest heroes of us all. We salute you. I think I made an Emma my Hero of the Week nomination. Wow. Yep. Either them or four and 20. <laughs> <laughs> Who, does anyone else have grievances? Oh, it's, it's just life in general. Yeah, life in general. Well, just, just a little bit there. Like, um, I had my, today was my last day of work. I'm currently working from home because, you know, we're in, we're in pandemic situation. 5.30 comes along. I've finished and I just stand up from my desk and go, oh, I'm on holidays now. And there's no like, oh, let's go grab a beer or let's go out together or let's, you know, have some kind of community. All of that's been taken away from this. This comes back to that mental health thing that you're talking about. It felt so bizarre, so unnatural to just be like, oh, my work has closed down for the rest of the year. I stand up, walk away from my desk and go, eh, eh, I'll be eh, back in two weeks. There's there's no feeling of transition between working life and, uh, and holidays because, you know, we're working from a desk in your house. I'm probably going to be sitting back there and getting shit done tomorrow just because it's just there. Yeah. So, yeah, grievances, they're all COVID related. They're all mental health related. Let's just let's just move on. Oh, look, I've got some specific rants. Um, Go I've got some very specific rants rant. to add to this because the feeling was that it would be generalist across the board, but I've got a specific rant against Webjet. Uh, so uh, I'm rolling on. I'm rolling on into, into Brisbane and I'm... I'm moving on the fly, boys. I'm moving on the fly. I was supposed to be flying in Sunday night. I've moved it to Saturday night. I'll wait. Hold on. Now, now my family's freaking out a little bit. Okay, you know what? I'm going to go in. I'm going to get a hotel for a few nights. And I'll, I'll go and get the Rona test and I'll isolate in the hotel for a little while. Just keep myself separate. That's all going to be good. And so I land in Brisbane on the last flight. 
you know, getting in at 9.30 p.m. And, and I've booked my hotel on Webjet. And, uh, you know, I've booked that hotel just as I was getting on the plane. You know, it's all there, live availability. I click book. It comes up and it says, hi there, this hotel is on request. Do not book any other hotels because we're in the process of uh, booking this hotel. I will let you know in the next 48 hours whether it's gone through. Oh my God. I'm like, wow. thanks. Thanks a lot, Webjet. So I land. Wow. I still haven't heard from them. I, I use their chat service. Nobody's getting back to me. I finally get through to somebody on the phone, at which point I have reached the hotel. The hotel has told me they, are, they have not gotten the booking and they are, in fact, full. And then the person answering the phone at Webjet says, oh, yes, that's fine. We'll just refund that. Oh, my God. What about the part where um, it's 10.30 at this point and I don't have anywhere to sleep tonight? And what about the part where yeah. you go and sort me out a hotel? And they're like, oh, oh, um, oh, um, at which point they pretended it was disconnected, hung up. <laughs> and then I got a call back from you know, them in 10 minutes a- saying, oh, I'm so sorry, we're, we got disconnected. Oh, if you're going to do anything, you'd need to go through to the change team. So I'd have to transfer you through to the change team. So I still haven't gotten the refund. I still haven't gotten anything back. I had to go and book another hotel that can go fuck themselves. Uh, that's my that's my festival. <laughs> that, that, that was a great that was a great cutout of the uh, the record. Then uh, it didn't come through, but I think we got we we got, we got the main points. <laughs> Apparently, they can go fuck themselves. Webjet, go Good. fuck yourselves. Phil, you got to do what Adzo yeah. and I did when we landed in Mumbai, which was uh, we realized because our mate's brother had booked everything um, for the entire trip booked anything for mumbai we were left they went down to kerala we went on to mumbai so and then we got out Epic. to singapore so we we landed at mumbai airport i'll oh, we'll find somewhere when we land there's always those guys with the little signs <laughs> they look trustworthy right put us they put us in the they're very, uh, they're very trustworthy i've heard yeah they, they put us in the taj mahals which we thought that sounds pretty good but the s at the end was probably the one that <laughs> gave it the away. giveaway yeah <laughs> And uh, I still remember as the only hotel where I think we actually have literally felt bed bugs. Yeah, yeah, they were climbing on my skin. Adam and I were like in the middle yeah, of the night. Yeah, yeah. We were just sort of lying there and just, I think yeah. I just, you know, it's 2 a.m. and I said, Adzo, he's like, yeah. I'm like, can you feel bugs too? He's like, yes. <laughs> yes, I can. And, and bed bugs that are so well fed, you can feel them crawling on your skin. Nobody <laughs> has made any attempt to get rid of them. It's just, they're just letting it run. Yeah. It was so gross. All right, that was Webjet. What else, bud? Yep, so so Webjet is the Taj Mahals of online booking agents. <laughs> avoid them Avoid them at all costs. Rant number two is the courier service, Stendhal. As you boys know, I had pre-ordered some eggnog stout yes. uh, for our Christmas episode, well and truly in advance. In fact, some eight working days in advance wow. uh, of, of recording the podcast already for the, you know, the Sunday afternoon podcast we'd originally handled and the eta on those was indeed for the tuesday of that week uh and i got the notification from sendal letting me know this is when it's going to arrive and uh this is all going to be great they still haven't arrived it's now a further week after that with no updates on the tracking whatsoever and no ability to contact them about that until like two weeks after the delivery was due to find out why there's a late delivery so the eggnog stout is out there in the ether. We may get, we may get it sometime in January, February. <laughs> uh, it might be a pretty bad condition after sitting in one of Sendel's fucking bands for the last couple of months. They are let's let's just say they're almost as bad as Webjet, but Webjet takes the shit cake. So right now we've 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 caught up with we've basically put Sendel in as yeah. never being a sponsor of this show. Never again. Webjet. No. Every single yep. 
premier of every state except, <laughs> except for Gladys. Yeah. Um, and I just have I have a, I have a grievance against today against acting Queensland acting tourism minister Scott Stewart who kindly asked all Sydney residents to book cancel their bookings ASAP so Queenslanders could oh, you know, so take they, them they over. could take them off. And I get it. And and I'm in the tourism industry, so I get it. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, one the hell. It's not the tourism operator's fault. They 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 would want everyone to come. But still, a part of me is like, no. I'm going <laughs> to hold on to this one. Hold my booking. Yeah. That being said, I did cancel my booking today. So, yeah. So, so, so Scott Stewart's probably never going to sponsor the show either. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Was that it? And Can lastly. Manliness? Oh, I've got more. Go. Lastly. No, I've, I've, uh, I've, I've imported a grievance from our first sponsor. In fact, they're in, they're in revolt, boys. Oh, uh, um, so, uh, I, had a, I had a chat to, to, to old Sambo from Carol Carpentry and Construction. Carol. That's it. That's it. I've uh, I've purposely gotten gotten carpentry and construction the wrong way around after that complaint. Uh, so he was most upset listening to the anonymous episode that anonymous in fact did not get a poem or a jingle. Uh, so it appears that our sponsors are in fact unionizing and banding together to make sure that they are all getting equal treatment. I've absolutely considered that, but how do you how do you do a jingle for anonymous? Well, actually, nobody we talked about this. <laughs> well. <laughs> Silence. When he's got no when answer. friendship and kindness are eponymous, <laughs> you can always rely <laughs> on anonymous. He's wonderful and hypey and fiery. <laughs> Don't finish this poem. He's asked to be anonymous. anonymous. <laughs> I think uh, and he'd just be happy that he got a poem. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. And yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Twenty bucks worth of beer. And you know what you else? Didn't even like. You know what? <laughs> what else? You know, he's got the free range to travel to whatever state he wants right now. We don't. Maybe if he did a little better on who wants to be a millionaire, he wouldn't have needed <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. complaints. <laughs> future, future sponsorship list as well. Bye. Uh no, we love you, Sambo. All right, let's move on to feats of manliness. Yeah, let's do it. I gotta tell you, mine sound a lot like my grievances. What could be more manly? than suffering those complete feelings of powerlessness that you get watching something beyond your control unfolding. And I'm talking, of course, about the recent Sydney outbreak. And I know it's small potatoes on a global scale, but it's affecting me and it's affecting my family. And knowing how much this will upset your partner, her family, your family, embracing yourself to be strong for them, that's a tough call sometimes. There's nothing you can do to change it, so it's time to be strong and start trying to find positives. We won't be going away with your family this Christmas, sure, but at least the dog won't be lonely. You know, so our first break since the baby was born sounded nice when we started planning it three months ago. And I'll probably have to clear uh, clear out the garage instead now, really get those cupboards in order, maybe hang up the bicycles like Tristan does. Oh, yeah. But this could be my manly feat, having to find optimism, strength and positivity when you feel like complete shit about the current circumstances. Uh, yeah, no, that, that's, that's absolutely true. I, it is. That sort of peace of just being able to expect, accept that. Sometimes you've got to be the rock. When yeah. you know, the man, the family kind of kind of has to be the one that is a bit more jokey and jovial, and and keep the keep the mood upbeat, keep the optimism ha- you know high, uh, even though you feel like complete shit as well. So you know that's a that's a, a manly job. Manly yeah, I've been uh, I've actually been moping the last couple of days, so maybe I'll take. I didn't that. expect it from you. <laughs> I'll take a page out of your book, but maybe not. Maybe that's just the alcohol talking. Uh, yeah, feel a bit for me, uh, and I've already gone into it a little bit. Was going in to get my Rona test, so uh, two hours out in the Queensland sun, standing about waiting 
and nothing like waiting in line for more than two hours to be unpleasantly jabbed in the nose twice and deeply unpleasant experience, but one that, you know, Adzo spoke so highly of that I was just in a rush to experience for myself. Uh, but I did this specifically so that my family could feel at ease uh, with my arrival into Queensland, only to find that certain members of my family were still not at ease, regardless of the test result. So, uh, but either way, that, I did it for them. I did it for them. All the love to the family. Yeah, nice. Oh, you, mate? You got one? Nothing. Nothing? Yeah. Hey, you haven't done anything manly this week? No. All right. Done the opposite. You really are moping, you're T-Man. You're really rude. moping. You're not, you're not yourself. I'm angry? Is that yeah. kind of manly? Yeah, according to my dad. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, no, I don't have any. Let's move on. All right, good. Nice one. What, what do we do after this? Hero of the Week, I think. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, um, you're got... really struggling with a four-hour snapback. <laughs> you're, trying to get, you're trying to point it away from the microphone, but you're, you're burping every five or six seconds. It smells like a fire at the salami factory. <laughs> We're, we're reviewing halal snacks. That's the manliest thing I've done is eating this. You've had some six of Six pounds of meat. God, wasn't it awful? Yeah, I'm still going through it. Yeah. So we'll review that in a, in a I bit. I hate it, but I'm still kind of picking at it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know. Makes sense. Uh, I, I'm all over the place. I don't really know when. I don't remember when we do this segment breaks. We'll just move on to Hero of the Week. Coming up next, Hero of the Week. All right. All right, Adzo wants to start Hero of the Week, so uh, kick in, bro. All right. Well, my Hero of the Week is New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinta Ardern, who has pre-bought so many COVID vaccines, she's also going to be providing them for free to neighbouring countries. This is a post of the US where the people at the top, the people that denied COVID was an issue, recommended people not wear masks, they're the ones first in line for the limited supply of the vaccine. And in the Bay Area, for example, the decision was made by Stanford Hospital to prioritise the administration staff who work from home and not the frontline workers who come into contact with the patients. With so much selfish behaviour going on at the moment, the kindness and generosity from someone like Jacinta is refreshing and, in my opinion, heroic. That said, Boba Fett died this week, so we should probably (laughs) give it to him. (laughs) All right, a couple of things. One... Uh, that's Jacinta's second nomination oh, for so um, Hero of the Week, isn't she's she? So At great. least. No, that's, yeah, she is pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, leading into mine, which was Jeremy Bullock, <laughs> Boba uh, Fett. <laughs> I feel like we've had a, you know, when you think about, also, like, when you think about how shit 2020 has been, how like, we have lost Star Wars actors this year. half the cast. It's bloody ridiculous. Yeah, and Carrie Fisher Honestly. a little bit longer ago, but we've lost her, we've lost Dave Price, Prowse, we've now lost Jeremy Bullock. Uh, it's probably some others. Now, don't get me wrong. I, if you the would take to me, Mayhew, he died. He died about a year ago. Uh, we lost Chewbacca. Sean. Yep. Yeah, Sean Connery. He was in Star Wars at some point. I think so. <laughs> think uh, honest, honestly, boys, as as Disney slowly kills the soul of Star Wars, life is killing its actual actors. No, well, maybe that's, that's true. Maybe year. that's the link. Maybe it's the, the overtaking of Disney is slowly killing. Oh yeah, you know, they're all just dying of. Like Padme, you know, remember she dies of just a broken heart. She's just nothing. <laughs> yeah, maybe Disney is sucking the life force out of them, like that thing in the dark crystal. Oh my god, <laughs> there's even a Star Wars reference to explain what's happening. They're all dying of a broken heart, watching <laughs> watching their legacy get dismantled movie by movie. I know that because I've been watching. I'm almost. I've, I had to turn it off. Actually, I was watching the 
today I was watching uh, Revenge of the Sith with my children. And that actually, towards the end, does get a little violent. Yeah, my, so how my, are you explaining that to your kids? My three-year-old. arms and legs cut off and set on fire. Yeah, my, I haven't got there, but my three-year-old <laughs> basically said to me, Daddy, I want to watch children's shows. I'm like, <laughs> really? yeah. Kobe's enjoyed, but like, yeah. So, so no, look, to, be, to go back to Jeremy Bullock for a second, to be fair, I would not have known who this man was up until about 48 hours yeah. ago. But still, he played Boba or Boba. Boba, Some, I think Boba. Yeah, I think it actually is Boba Fett, but we say Boba. But it also asked the... This is the thing about watching the, the, the prequels with your children yeah. because they're asking the questions like, why does the troopers look the same as Boba Fett? It's like, no, that's not Boba Fett. That's Jango Fett. Right. That's Boba Fett's father. Okay. Um, so Jeremy then, Bullock, who from that picture on screen is the whitest guy I've ever seen. <laughs> white as He a, is the son no. of the bloke from Once Were Warriors? Uh, Isn't that the guy that played Jango Fett? Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Exactly. So obviously, you know, that was another thing that they did, which they uh, they had to go back and change. Uh, they had to change Boba Fett's accent uh, in the original movies to be a Kiwi accent. No, they didn't. They did. Watch the watch the. Are you serious? Yeah. They re-released the trilogy with a Kiwi Boba Fett. That's one of the least objectionable things that they did in that thing. Which I don't remember. We talked about this on the podcast. Did we talk about this on the podcast? No, about... it's not a Star Wars podcast. It sort of is. <laughs> Darth Vader, when he kills the Emperor... Yeah, he says no now. He says no at the end when he yeah. picks up the Emperor. Yeah, no, when he's yeah. like, it is that. honestly nauseating how bad it is. I was so upset when I watched that. And But look, the, 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 Kiwi, the Kiwi accent isn't bad. It's not like... Because it actually matches the prequels. You don't care too much about Boba Fett's voice. Yeah, I man. do care about them just putting in a no... No, Darth Vader voice when yeah. he's killing the Emperor. It's insane. But or anyway, after when the Death Star blows up and they see their Gungans going, we're so free. It's horrid. Awful. Horrid. Uh, anyway, Jeremy Bullock is my nominee. Oh, okay. Who is yep. it again? No, some guy. <laughs> Beautiful. So uh, my nominee, and I'm getting a little bit ahead of the English Premier League section here, but I, I think there's the England this weekend got the hero that it truly deserved in the English Premier League, and that is uh, Newcastle's Matt Ritchie, who scored an own goal with his face so comical that even stage four lockdown people would have to be having a good old-fashioned belly laugh What's at the just name? how it is that a professional footballer could find themselves just face-planting the ball into, into his own net. His name is Matt Ritchie, and it is pure gold, gentlemen. Pure slapstick gold. And so I personally feel that he has taken one right in the face for the people of England who needed to be cheered up. We're looking her up right now. You can't tell us it's pure gold without us not looking it up right now. Just turn the volume down. Um, and while you look it up, I will I will add my second hero of the week. I don't know, but that... apparently the video I'm trying to watch can't be viewed in my country or location. Oh, yeah, all right. Well, we'll take your word, we'll take for, your it. word for it. <laughs> so, boys, uh, while you're looking that up, I also have a, I have a sub- uh, hero of the week that I really wanted to bring attention to. Looking through the news this week, I discovered a, a very, very manly animal, uh, which is the Norwegian lemming. Bear oh. with me, because the reputation that lemmings have for jumping over cliffs is a load of shit, because the Norwegian lemming is described as bloodthirsty, hairy berserkers, is what they're described as. The Norwegian lemming looks like a larger, slightly cleverer, and much more irate hamster. Their underside oh. fur is biscuit colours, and on top they wear a mottled calico. 
The BBC, in a 2015 documentary episode in which a lemon repeatedly charges a full-sized house cat and then attacks the rock on which the house cat has leapt in fear, called them bloodthirsty, hairy berserkers. And that sounds like a manly animal to me that has been given a reputation that is completely unmanly. So I'm all in for the Norwegian lemming, uh, but, you know, Matt, Matt Ritchie is my real hero. Uh, how how I all, all I think of when I think of lemmings is you know little purple creatures with green hair. <laughs> Absolutely. We're looking up this bad boy. Yeah, he's and very, it's a lie. He's way it's, more it's, heroic than Jacinta. It's anti. Man. That game was was yeah. anti lemming propaganda, and it needs to be addressed and reversed. Well, the whole lemming propaganda started uh, from a Disney Corporation, who while filming a nature documentary decided to just chase lemmings off a cliff and film it and then spread the rumor that they were suicidal it had they're, they're oh, really? not they're not in the disney. suicidal disney guys chased them off a cliff with like loud noises and umbrellas and no. things and then filmed it and said lemmings jumped to their death for reasons unknown wow completely made up by disney and that inspired the game that inspired not only the game but you know all the other behavior Disney's been doing to, you know, kill off all of our favorite things. Yeah, that's childhood. true, actually. Did you did you like the Lemmings game? I love the Lemmings. Mm. Phil? Absolutely loved the Lemmings games growing up. Yeah. So a very effective propaganda, if nothing else. So are we saying Lemmings the video game? <laughs> lemmings are our hero of the week. Not just regular and certainly not Norwegian Lemmings, but those green-haired, bridge-building little idiots. Get our hero of the week. So this is the second week in a row where we've nominated a video game character as... Oh, yeah. Last week was the WWE one, wasn't it? Yep. Whoops. <laughs> Kevin oh, Nash. Well. Yep. I, uh, so, so essentially, propaganda lemmings are our hero of the week. Is that where we've landed? 100%. Yeah, done. I feel like once you boys see the video of Matt Ritchie getting smashed in the face, he's going to take it, but uh, I'll let it go. I'll let it go. We'll come back to it when we've uh, when we've had a break. I'm we've not, my mind's made up. <laughs> All right. Dad joke of the week. <laughs> I'll start. Oh, yes. Where did the dog go when he was sick? To the dog tongue? Yeah, I made that up in the car today. You did, didn't you? Yeah, with my kids. The, the fact that I could guess the yeah, answer. All right. <laughs> Well, I, I actually got the words jacuzzi and yakuza muddled up the other day. Uh, Let's just say I'm now in pretty hot water with the Japanese mafia. <laughs> I don't think that's is, a dad uh, joke. That's into, too sophisticated. Is it? Yeah. Uh, uh, hmm, okay. I'm not sure you'd be talking to your kids about um, giving the yakuza a wristy in a hot tub. Um, so my, my dad joke of the week is, uh, what do you call a guy being... <laughs> Okay, I've already fucked it. What do you call a French guy being mauled by a lion? Claude. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I like it. Oh, yes. All right. Oh, yes. Claude. You're welcome, gentlemen. You are welcome. I like it. Yeah, we'll give it to Claude. Yeah. I'm, 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 preemptively, I'm preemptively claiming that one. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, All right, well yeah. done, well done, Phil. All right, uh, let's let's talk a little sports. Can we? It's a sport. Adzo in the sports down Christmas special. Five, four, three, two, one. Cue the music. What the fuck? All right then. Well, in the AFL, Richmond bad boy Sydney Smith is back in the news this week. You remember a couple of months ago. 
he got in trouble for fighting outside the Gold Close strip club, <laughs> which resulted in a 10-week ban. Do you remember that story? Yeah, of course I do. Yeah, he served five weeks of that so far, but he's back in news again. And he's crossed to the other side of the country now to seek out fresh blood and got himself <laughs> in a punch-up in Perth. Now, police intervened and initially tried to move him along before realising he was in breach of a 14-day COVID quarantine. Now, as you know, they take that pretty seriously in Perth and he's locked up now with his future with the Tigers in question. The magistrate even refused him bail, saying it was a blatant breach of the state's restrictions while also presenting potential for community transmission. So, mate, my Christmas vacation has been cancelled because of dickheads like you breaking the rules, and I hope you use your time in the clink to have a long, hard think about yourself. Did you say that, did you say that he's already served five weeks of his 10-week ban? Yes. So it counts when he's not even playing football. Yeah, I know. Isn't it unbelievable? Yeah, it's like that's like saying, like, listen, you've been sentenced to, you know, two weeks of of, of prison, but you've already slept through yeah, like the, half of it. The so. Ben Cousins defense. <laughs> the cousins defense. Uh come on, Sydney. You you ruin it for the rest of us. But yeah, WA certainly takes its aren't they? Yeah. Aren't they harsh? Uh, Mark McGowan. <laughs> he doesn't Mark care. Mark McGowan like- on the attack now. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, Also on the AFL, two high-profile players, Dustin Martin and Buddy Franklin, met at a restaurant table in Sydney with a major gambler and former brothel owner, Eddie Hayson, sparking concern and interest from sporting integrity (laughs) and policing officials. Now, did you see about this? Sterling's busy boy this week. Isn't he busy? Yeah. Like, so this guy, this guy, he's, he's got a bit of a history when it comes to, like, dodgy gambling arrangements he's been uh been a, a person of interest to police for a number of years uh has previously sparked controversy using in, inside information from nrl players to gamble on matches back in 2006 it goes back that far he won an estimated two million dollars on a betting plunge after allegedly receiving inside information that andrew johns would not be playing due to injury and he's been banned for life from star city casino as well as betting with the tab and he's admitted to providing a host of footballers with free sex at his brothel in exchange for information. <laughs> so why are these top players meaningful lunch? Well, that's a big question, but it's a dirty game out there, isn't it? And with sports gambling so rampant these days, you do have to wonder how often the fix is in. And now my thoughts about this is like, you see it on the gambling sites, and you and I both love a bet. Yeah, I'll, love a bet. I'll have a good free bet too. But, but the yeah. thing is, you, you often go on this like, it's so there's this micro bets. Yeah. It's like what's going to happen in this particular play, yeah. or the you know the first touchdown is going to be done by this person. It's, you don't have to throw a whole game anymore. No, you don't. All you have to do is make sure that at quarter time you're down by six, or you're, you know, the first try is 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 done by a, a penalty or that sort of thing, and then done. You've, you've, the fix is in and you, you, you can sell that information to some guy for $2 million. But it's a dodgy, dicey no, kind look, of game out there. All right, I'll give you a different perspective on that. Please. The world is run like that, right? There's a bunch of people who knew probably that COVID was coming. There's a bunch of people well, who we know, know that. that the governments are doing these things. Everything in everything you see is rigged. Some, there are certainly some shareholders that know what's happening to companies before they happen. Yeah. Just like in gambling. If you happen to be one of those lucky 0.001% people that have the inside track on something, you, and you can make advantage. Take, take the most of it. But for the rest of us, it's still just a gamble, right? Yeah. 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 So if one person's going to win like $2 million because they know that the game is going to be under six, well, that's just the price that you know the rest of us have to pay. The rest of us are just in it for fun. 
Now, this guy sounds like a nice chap, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Brothel owner exchanging sex with his with his slave girls for inside information. <laughs> now, Sterling, yes, boss. Got a big one for you today. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Buddy Franklin. Yeah, know him. He's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And Dustin Munn. Oh, yeah. he's really good. He won, won, won the title this year as well, didn't he? Yep. Anyway, they're with this dude. <laughs> Who owns a brothel. And we just need you to secretly get in there and work out what's going on. Poor little guy. Uh, No, yeah, look, I I reckon for sure, but I just think we have to accept that's the way things are. That's just that that is the world, isn't it? Yep. You know, Christmas is cancelled. These guys are on the take and uh, everything's rigged. (laughs) Moving on to the NRL then. Uh, Jared Hayne is facing a retrial for the allegations of aggravated sexual assault, uh, recklessly inflicting actual body harm, that occurred in a Newcastle Bucks party in 2018. The recent court case ended in a hung jury and a retrial is planned for early next year in Sydney. I don't want to go into this too much. I, I, I don't really like talking about this because it's, it's upsetting. And uh, besides, we smashed the Indians in the cricket this week and that's way more fun to talk about. But have you heard anything else in the NRL? It's been a bit of a quiet week. I'm assuming none of the players really want to get into any trouble this close to Christmas and miss out on spending it with their girlfriend's kids. Well, don't forget a lot of these, uh, a lot of the, the, the main offenders sit in that Northern beaches area. <laughs> They're already They're locked all... down and locked up. <laughs> They're in lockdown. So no wonder why it's quiet or quiet on the Western front. Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't, I haven't, you know, I'll be honest with you. I haven't been following the NRL um, unless this Mark McGowan guy, well, he's been up to no good, hasn't he? Oh yeah. That guy. <laughs> Mark McGowan. McGowan. No, I don't know. He's got the best best defense in the game, they say. Cricket, whatever. In the cricket. No, no, I want to mention this because it's the worst test result by India ever. But it's COVID. It doesn't count. Of course it counts. No, nothing counts. If if it goes against you, you can just say, well, it's COVID. They got just 36 runs on Saturday against Australia after coming into day three with a 62-run lead. Oh, that's actually pretty bad. And the record, the lowest ever, was New Zealand getting pants by England. In 1955 for 26 runs, India got just 36. All out for 36. It was a disgraceful display. Were they all out for 36? Yes. Oh, I don't Done. know. <laughs> cricket. Is that a five-day test match? Yeah, they were on day, day three. Yeah, Jesus. Huh? So it was the second half, I think, they come into. They are already leading by yeah. 60 or something runs. Yeah. Come in, looking pretty good. All out for 36. You know I'm a massive fan of a five-day game that can end in a draw. You know that. You've mentioned it a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, well done to the... Was it Aussies who beat them? Yes. Well done to the Aussies. I thought it was a great performance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And, you know, um, I think next time uh, I leave my my teeth in the jump aside of bed, just needs to (laughs) add a little bit better. Pick up his game. Well, the NFL, uh, 29 players currently sit on the COVID injury reserve lift and in good company. With over 300 players making the list this year so far. With the Baltimore Ravens holding the questionable honour of the most players copping a dose, 33 players from their team alone making the list at some point this year. And also the New England Patriots were eliminated from playoff contention for the first time in 12 years. Does it have anything to do with Tom Brady not playing for them anymore? (laughs) It might. And the ironic thing is that Tom Brady is very close Leading the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so they're they're the long they're the team with the longest playoff like non-playoff streak. Oh, is that right? Yeah, wow. And that's who he's gone to, and they're just I think they haven't quite clar- confirmed it, but they're about to. He's like forty-four years old, right? Well, it begs the question that I've always had about everything, and and maybe this is a question maybe the fixes in. Well, well, yeah, potentially. No, I was going to say, this is probably a question for Phil, who has taken a vow of silence just because we're having some uh, Zoom lag issues at the moment. But 
Phil, when you when you bring up your Premier League uh, rap, and, and I've got to tell you, Adzo's itching for I it. I can't wait. Um, we, I'd love to chat to you a bit more about the effect of managers. Because managers and coaches, right? They're Obviously, the good ones, the great ones, obviously, are, are good. And, and I guess with the New England Patriots, there is this thing that Bill Belichick is yeah. an incredible coach, right? But you take away, like, some star players. Tom Brady clearly mm. was amazing. And then you start, you know, asking the question... How vital are coaches and managers? Yeah, compared when to one the player can make that much full difference. Talent, you know. Yeah. I've always been skeptical as to. As to um, I think what a coach and a manager does is they bring, they can control the atmosphere in a club. Yeah. They can control the mood. They can control the vibe, the sort of thing. But I do believe that. Um, I do think that potentially the role of of um, good coaches sometimes is maybe. Um, over-exaggerated a little bit. I think like it's hard to pinpoint it, but I do think like a lot of it has to do with the actual talent that you have on your team. I think it's all about the team. I kind of think of it as uh, the Simpsons episode where they move towns and uh, there's the Hank Scorpio episode where Homer's the manager of a team and he's like, you guys working hard? He's like, yes, Mr. Simpsons. He's like, well, can you work any harder? And then they all start shopping on their keyboards like really fast. That kind of thing. I'm not really bringing anything, but if you've got the best players in the world or even the best player like Tom Brady, uh, yeah, that's what's going to get it for you. Well, let's just wait for Phil to to shoot down and tower. (laughs) Not not until we get through the golf, mate. Okay, golf. So in the golf, Tiger Woods may not be the poster boy for good husbanding, but as a dad, I thought this was nice. He and his son, Charlie, finished five shots back of the world number three, Justin Thomas and his father, during an exhibition event in Orlando on Sunday, the PNC Championship. That's a father-son challenge. At just 11 years old, Charlie, Charlie Woods, is the youngest competitor ever. And during his team's closing, 10 under par 62, Charlie rolled in a birdie at the par 4 10th. This kid is 11. I think you should look up his drive. He was regularly teeing off for the team. He and Tiger played at his team. And then Tiger would finish off the, uh, the hole for him. Unbelievable. He was wearing the little black pants and the red shirt, the red shirt. just like his dad. Love it. Gorgeous. Well, there was actually that. It's funny. I think I think I could be wrong, but I, I believe Tiger Woods was also a young prodigy when he Oh, was, really? And also followed in his father's footsteps in terms of golfing. So it's incredible. It comes full circle. Who's Tiger um, Woods' dad? Uh, he was like a well known. Was he a golfer? I think he was a golfer. James Woods. <laughs> Phil, look that up. Um, but what, um, what I was going to say was. That, You'd expect it, though, wouldn't you? You would expect it, right? Like, you know, I expect, you know, my child to be good at Star Wars quotes, um, enjoy it. Actually, I was saying to a friend of mine this week that right now my child is obsessed with two things, Star Wars and American football. Wow. He really is your kid, right? Yeah. 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 So it's awesome. Um, And I guess... looking for creative ways to serve up broccoli. (laughs) Sorry, mom. (laughs) Um... No, that's exactly right. Uh, no, good on him. Uh, I had another thought around that. But I well, can't you know, you'd expect, you know, I guess um, Ian Thorpe's kids would be really good swimmers or Buddy Franklin's kids would be good at rigging sports, sports events. <laughs> or, um, yeah, I was going to say, or, or what's his name? Uh, Charlie Woods is, is pretty good at just, you know, a ladies' man. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good in the sack. Yeah. I actually had, I wrote out a couple of different jokes 
about sinking your balls, which I just, <laughs> I've, got, I've decided I couldn't use for an 11 year old. Yeah, I realize that's completely so wrong. Maybe we should cut this bit. No, well. let's do that. Uh, <laughs> all right, to Philbert and the uh, EPL wrap. Bring it on, Phil. Yeah, so first and foremost, gentlemen, the, the coaching debate. And I was contemplating how best to explain my, my kind of view on, on where the coach fits. And I sort of think of it very much as being like a really, really good cocktail. Um, and that the coach is kind of that finishing ingredient. So if you looked at like, I love a whiskey sours. Um, and so you get that whiskey sours and obviously the whiskey that's in it is going to be like your Cristiano Ronaldo in your team, right? Your star player, your Tom Brady. The simple fact is without them, it's not a cocktail. It's not going to be a winning formula. It's not going to work. And yet the coach is perhaps, you know, the lemon juice, the egg whites, there's something that binds it all together that makes it more exceptional than it is on its own. And that's what a good coach does. I'd really appreciate that. Make this more Christmassy, Phil. (laughs) Something something eggnog related, Um, potentially. But this is the essence of what a coach does. And it's really interesting to watch across the football world that that alchemy means that your different types of coaches work in different scenarios depending on the kind of players they've got working under them. So you take a look at like Jose Mourinho, um, legendary coach across multiple clubs, and yet his best his best work has always been when he's going for a club that is not the elite of the elite, because what he can do is create a siege mentality with players that are not quite at that level and make them unbeatable as a unit of 11 players. Whereas he came into Real Madrid, you know, he finally climbed to the very top in terms of clubs and he didn't fit. It didn't really work for him. You know, they played all right, but at the end of the day, he was out the door fairly quickly compared and his achievements were lower compared to elsewhere. Meanwhile, Zinedine Zidane came in, who's a coach that really understands that level of player. And even though he's nowhere near as good a coach on a technical basis as someone like Jose Mourinho, in comes Zinedine Zidane and they win three Champions Leagues in a row because he knew simply how to get the best out of top, top shelf players. And so it's this strange alchemy that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if you uh, you don't put eggnog in, in a... Uh, in, in a whiskey sours. Did I bring it back to Christmas, boys? Yeah, yeah that very was, well. That was, that was, geez, that's pretty impressive, Tim. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. So uh, from there, we go into the Premier League's wacky week of Christmas time exhaustion uh, as, as teams tire uh, with a relentless footballing schedule that is always relentless over winter anyway, but has already uh, been bunched up through a condensed season. We're starting to see some silly results starting with Liverpool stonking Crystal Palace 7-0. Mo Salah comes on as a sub, scores two. Um, And we saw the first Premier League goal from Takumi Minamino, uh, the first Japanese player to play for Liverpool. And uh, to that I say, go Asia, go. As a a loving member of the Asian Confederation for football, with my beloved Socceroos, anybody in the Asian Confederation kicking some ass at Premier League level uh, is what we have to reach for. Uh, given that we have no freaking Australians in the Premier League anymore, aside from Matt, Matt Ryan, Ryan. How about that? Matt, yeah, and Matt Ryan's been been uh, been benched, and so we've got nobody. We've got nobody at the moment. Uh, next up was City beating Southampton one nil, boring. Uh, then onward to let's all laugh at Arsenal for another week yeah. in a row as Everton got up two one over them. Uh, with a pretty solid result. So Everton have been without the ever-handsome James Rodriguez for quite some time, but they've really tightened things up at the back, uh, playing playing uh, essentially four centre-backs at the back and keeping things tight, so that's paid off. Newcastle drew 1-1 with Fulham and Sheffield United 1-1 with Brighton. The less said about both of those, the better. <laughs> uh, and then we went onward to Leicester, 
getting up 2-0 over Tottenham in the battle of the best outsider title contenders who are fighting their way to a potential um, you know, out-of-the-blue win similar to Leicester's win a few years back. So Leicester won up on that one. Uh, and then we get back into the wacky with United stonking Leeds 6-2 with two goals from Scott McTominay in the first three minutes. An absolute bloodbath. Have you seen the highlights on this one, Tristan? I haven't, but uh, shout out to uh, Adam Grunstein, our, uh, our guest host for our American special a couple of weeks ago, who messaged me at 3.40 in the morning about a fantasy <laughs> football thing. I said to him, what the hell are you doing up at 3.40 in the morning? He said, I'm watching my Manchester United absolutely go to town on your leads. So um, I haven't seen any of the highlights, but um, I'll be sure to watch that as soon as we get off air, right? Yeah. Adam's just got a second level of lemmings here. Yeah. And, absolutely. That. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun uh, watching uh, fans of Manchester United refer to them as the Manchester United versus my Manchester United, depending on what, like, crazy result they've got this week against them or for them so obviously in this occasion it was his manchester united yes uh wrapping up (laughs) wrapping up the epl wrap we had villa getting up three nil over west brom a bad start for sam allardyce the the old dog manager of of english management who comes in to firefight and save clubs that are threatened by relegation uh so he's gonna have to smoke a few more cigars and uh sip a few more whiskeys and uh, get the players playing a little bit better. It's fantastic to have that character back in the Premier League, but clearly his presence not yet being felt. Uh, Burnley got up 2-1 over over Wolves to boost their survival hopes and Chelsea getting up 3-0 over West Ham to keep in the title chase. So a fantastic weekend of Premier League action all around. West Ham. West Ham. Uh, I always think with the Premier League, they always, when I used to watch it back in 2006, um, they always used to talk about uh, how um, it was really like it was always such a big deal as to who's leading the table at Christmas. Yeah. Oh right, okay. yeah, yep. So who's leading the table at Christmas? Liverpool. Right. Okay. So they're just doing. Yeah, this. they've they've uh, they've come good, and after a few ricks here and there over over the last month or so, it looks like they're hitting their straps again, just as everybody else is getting tired. So I'm tipping them to run away with it. And let's go. Uh, let's go local for a bit, Phil. Uh, Statistical odds of Sydney FC playing Melbourne City next week? <laughs> I believe the exact statistic was fuck all, gentlemen. Uh, yeah, it's a local game, though, man. It's just down the road from me. Yeah, it's a derby, isn't it? I was looking at popping down for a nil-all draw. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what it is, and I can't bring myself to look at the A-League because it's going to be decimated by this stupid lockdown. So uh, you breaking my breaks my heart. breaks my heart. But I hope it, I hope it goes ahead. Uh, I'm just having a look. A League and Westwood WL to kick off on Sunday, December 27th of December. It's going to proceed apparently at this stage. Yeah, I have to say that. I mean, at the end of the day, we're getting this shit under anyway. Whatever. Let, can we drink some beer now? Yeah, we're doing it. Yeah, let's, right, let's do it. Well, welcome to a very Christmas edition of Hold My Beer. This time, instead of instead of beer, we've got a little treat for you tonight. This is the Hold My Eggnog. Now, Tristan and I are uh, a seasoned eggnog veterans for the last, mm-hmm. what do you reckon, about 12, 14 years? We've been doing a yearly eggnogathon. 
Uh, longer, bro. You reckon? Well, I think we can go to the history of the very first Christmas Nog. All the way back to top of the mark in San, San Francisco, Francisco, 2003. Yeah. So 17 years we've been doing it. Do, a... do you remember the story of it? Do you want to regale our listeners with the story of it? Well, I, just, I think it was pretty, uh, pretty low key. We went and bought one of those pre-mixed eggnogs at a, at a 7-Eleven. <laughs> In and San then Fran, in San yeah. Francisco, and then sat out on the rooftop of our hotel, uh, drinking it straight out of the carton before we, we we got the eggnog sweats, and then just tipped the rest of it down to the people below us. Yeah, I was going to say I, ser- I remember us ceremoniously just—it's just one of these great traditions start where I think it was we just started chucking the nog just out of our window or something yeah, like yeah, that, just launching it out no of the hotel. I think we we, we reached our our eggnog point. <laughs> And so the great tradition of a nogathon began. It stemmed from us throwing nog on um, would-be San Franciscans. I don't think we were deliberately hitting anybody. I think we were. Mostly I actually think we were throwing it onto the roof of a, of a we, nearby we, we, hotel. We were throwing it down to one of the lower, <laughs> lower-paying levels of the hotel we were staying at, which we got some kind of deal on. Yeah, uh, and down onto their rooftop, uh, let them enjoy the heady, wafting smells of ripe eggnog. And uh, the, tr- the tr- tradition continues today, and uh, we've we've done a we've we've done the full gamut. I remember the very first year of eggnogathon. I went and I went the full eggnog recipe, egg whites and brandy, yeah, and, amazing, and, and a variety of creams. Oh. And not anymore though. Now mm, I've got yeah. a got myself a carton of Bundaberg flavored Paul's <laughs> eggnog. I've uh, I've zhuzhed it up a little bit with uh, half a tub of. Bailey's flavored thickened cream. Yep, and then uh, about half a bottle of uh, of the cheapest brandy that my local bottle will sell. Second cheapest. You never go the cheapest. No, actually, I did the cheapest two weeks oh, ago when I had you guys crazy. round for eggnog round yeah. one. Fair enough. Yeah. So, so welcome to hold my nog. Um, and what? And is this is this Milo on the top or is this? No, a- no, no. This is the uh, original uh, Chococina kind of sprinkles you put on top of a cappuccino i did buy a normally i crumble a flake on top but i forgot this year it's called a cappuccino <laughs> where do you see what it costs <laughs> so thank you adam for uh, having me over for uh, a second round of, of nogathon yes we did have our friends here a couple of a few weeks back to yeah. celebrate the tradition but i think this i think you've gone all out for this one. Oh, this is particularly nice i think the fact that it's gonna be sitting on top of two halal snack packs <laughs> Is what's really going to make it work for us. Not now. to mention, we've also been downing uh, the Batch Pale American, American Pale, Pale Ale, which was delightful, by Wasn't the way. It lovely? Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. I was really impressed with that. Quite sweet for a pale ale, I yeah, thought. I so. Yeah. Yeah, my local bottle shop is currently, yeah, the Batch Brewing Company regularly have to go get it from Maracle, but it turns out now my local bottle shop sells it and had these ones on special. So 19 bucks a four pack, pretty good for craft beer. Yeah, so this was their first ever beer, apparently, the American Pale Ale. Oh, there you go. Going to the back of the can. Yeah. So we've been drinking that, and we've also been drinking, and when I say we, I mean I. You. Uh, from New Zealand, uh, Zephyr Cider Company, um, Apple Crumble Infused Cider. Yeah, I had a couple of these uh, a few weeks ago when you yeah. originally brought them around. Quite good. Oh, very, I like very apple crumbly. You can taste the crumble. No, you really actually can taste the crumble, and they're... Uh, it's funny, when I went to pick this up today, just as a sort of a drink for us just to chat about lightly, I actually realised how much I actually quite enjoyed this. What, what does um, that say over there? This little bit down that there. Where? Try me with vanilla ice cream. Yeah, but they say that about any Well, alcohol. let me tell you a little something about one of the ingredients <laughs> in tonight's eggnog. 
is a couple of big spoonfuls of Paul's original. Have you got any vanilla ice cream still? It's in there. Have you got any leftover? Some. Because I got another can of this bad boy. We'll do that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll do that as a closer. So Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, yeah, as Adam mentioned before, we <laughs> we decided it would be a halal snack pack review. Oh my god. Are we going to review this? What do we should review first? Well, we already said the American batch amount, American Pale Ale is great. Yeah, that's uh, great. That was great. I love my Zephyr um, um, apple crumble infused cider. That's great. I'm not sure what red wine my wife handed to me earlier <laughs> in the night after I knocked off work for the year, but uh, I had some of that. That was pretty good. Yeah, it looks, it looks pretty good. I think it was a Merlot. Uh, <laughs> makes it in the toilet. <laughs> Uh, we'll get into the in a sec. Let's just talk about the, the HSP. Oh, yeah. Why, or as some of our friends, sometimes they H, the HSP. I don't. The HSP? Well, you know, some people call H, H. Yeah, some people. Is, yeah, it's wrong. It's your friends, mate, not mine. Yeah. Uh, we were already disappointed when we got our HSP uh, because, in our opinion, yeah. HSP is supposed to come with three sources. Yeah. The garlic, the barbecue, the chili. Yeah. The holy trinity of sauces. And if anyone doesn't actually know what a HSP is, like, yeah, the halal snack pack, it's basically it's chips, like fries or whatever you call them. Chips. Chips. Yeah. Uh, with uh, kebab meat on top. We got the mix. We got the mix, chicken and the beef. And probably a bit of lamb in there as well, maybe. <laughs> Bring me two of every animal. <laughs> and then coated in, and like a lot of meat. Yeah. Oh god. And then they drip it in. Um, yeah, your sauce. They drizzle. They drizzle. They drizzle. But tonight they only gave us the chili sauce because apparently they can't read the comment section of the menu log that I <laughs> submitted the order on. So I had to go and save the day with a bottle of uh, barbecue sauce I had at the back of the fridge. So we didn't have to have it with like. Sometimes you have it with you know your garlic sauce yeah, or yeah. your hummus. Even hummus is sometimes very nice. I yeah. guess some would probably do tomato sauce, maybe maniacs. But yeah, so we were quite disappointed when it came just with chili. But still, I mean, it was it was meaty. It's one of those meals which I think you hate ver- myself. If that's, I think that's the goal of a halal snack pack is to hate your life. Yeah, do you know what? So it's a fitting meal for this it week. It is. It's a, it's the Sydney snack pack. I'm calling it. You know, it's just it's been disappointing on every level. Yeah, I just I just HSP'd out of my you, mouth. You man. did. Yeah, I saw a chunk come up. <laughs> so. We're, we're recording, obviously, we're in Chainfield. He, he, he decided to take a sit out on this one um, because we couldn't make, we couldn't get the nog, unfortunately. And he well, already. Dad and they don't do HSPs in Queensland because <laughs> they're ethnic. very racist. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also, Phil already talked about how much he, he, well, he was supposed to get that nog. What was it, a nog stout? He made some bold promises <laughs> coming into the it. podcast this week. He was going to get an egg nog infused stout that we're all going to enjoy together as a team for the closer. And then, you know, obviously Christmas is cancelled. Phil's being kicked out of the state. The nog never arrived. And uh, this is why we're drinking whatever it is I've made. Challenge Phil to show us the receipt for the order. I would love to see that. What do you reckon? Yeah, let's let's make it. Sounds like an excuse, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, it didn't arrive. (laughs) I ordered an orderly. (laughs) You're not fooling anyone, Phil. And then he pisses off to Queensland to avoid the consequences. He got out in time. Uh, all right, well, let's get into the nog then, I suppose. That's why we're not here for a haircut. Can we? And we're going to get, you know, the quicker we get through this potty, the quicker we can watch Bill and Bill Ted. Ted. Yeah, finally. All right, so. Mm. I mean. Yeah, that's actually really nice. I can taste the Bailey's Irish cream on the top yeah. there. It's gone to the top. Yeah, it's lifted to the top, risen. The uh, the chocolate is uh, giving it some nice undertones. It is. It's giving the, uh, a nice mouth feel, mm-hmm. decent crunch. Um, the, uh, I mean, the 
the brandy's 12 months old, but, um, <laughs> you know, that's all right. I feel like the brandy's probably sunk It's, it's hanging out down the bottom yeah. somewhere. I feel like we're just getting the cream. That's going into our tum-tum with mm. that chili sauce and barbecue. Yeah, one little secret here, uh, listeners, is that I made this and put it in the container ready to be blended about an hour and a half ago. It's been sitting in the freezer. Yeah. So getting those delicious, crunchy little ice particles in there as well. No, it is. It's a very cold on a nice sort of humid Sydney night. Mm. Um, the tum-tum full of HSP. Jesus Christ. It's really just... Don't forget your pale ale and your side sides. Oh, yeah. God damn. Um, so as you guys can probably hear, we're, we're in it pretty deep already. Mm. You know what? I'm putting this up there. I reckon this is really good. As eggnogs go. Oh, and of course you said there's ice cream in here as well, right? Yeah, big spoon. A couple of dairy things here. Two dairies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the ice cream, the Bailey's cream, the eggnog. No, I mean, I could, I could easily see myself. This would go well with a couch. A dog and a Bill and Ted's on the TV screen. Well, yeah. it's funny you should mention that, Tristan, because I've got some mm-hmm. plans ahead for us. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, it's actually quite lovely. Yeah, it's great. Right. And, and I think... I've got a little more. Yeah, but we'll get into that. <laughs> I think uh, the thing about your nog, um, also from past experience, is that it's often a lot more brutal. Uh, oh, it's a next day brutality. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's heavier than you think it is. It is. Yeah. It successfully destroys all gut flora to the point where it has to completely jettison and start again. We, we, uh, we've coined a term for it. I think it's the, the post-nog bog. Is that what we called it? They're about 11 o'clock tomorrow when you're holding onto the walls of the bathroom. It's <laughs> a chocolatey... Thick gravy-like substance. That's why you got this bad boy, bro. Oh, okay, yeah, that, that's your that, defenses. That, yeah, we're, we're stabbing at what's left of our halal snack back here. This will be the plug that will hold everything together come tomorrow morning. I think that if I still have a wife by then, so just listening to this no description of what we're drinking she's and what done. we're eating, yeah, she's out. She's out, man. Uh, no, well done, Adzo. This is uh, obviously a lot more um, user involved than just going to a store and buying a can of pre-filled beer. Yeah, most of this was bought from Coles. <laughs> Shout out, Coles. Uh, look, the chocolate's starting to melt into yeah, there. Really you know, the dairy on top. Gorgeous. Uh, yeah, well, let's give it a review, I suppose. What, 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 how many beards are you going to give it? Considering that you know we gave 4X Gold 3 out of 5 last week. <laughs> <laughs> is this, this is better than 4X Gold? Four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah. What do you think about that? You know, I would regularly give my eggnog a three and a half to to four. But um, this one in particular shines. It shines for so many reasons. Um, I'd almost say it's not even a... I almost maybe also because it's so cold. I almost see it. The cold's really working for it. I think, I think you just made a brandy and vanilla milkshake in a way <laughs> with a bit of nog. I mean, it just tastes like an alcoholic milkshake. Really, mm. it's fantastic. Yeah, you know that scene in Pulp Fiction where she orders the the five dollar shake and uh, John Travolta is incredulous. He's mm-hmm. like, "Did you put bourbon in that or something?" And she's like, "No, no, no, it's the five dollar shake." This is what he should have had. This is basically yeah a, a brandy milkshake. It's actually superb. As it melts even more, and the ice cream sort of melts and comes to the top. Mm. Okay, I wouldn't drink this at the beach on a hot, sunny, sunny summer's day. But for a 
a nice evening when your Christmas has been ruined. Ruined by everyone. And by everything. people from the North Shore who you already despise. Yep. Uh, this is filling a hole in my heart. Great. So what did you give it? I'm giving it four and a half as well. Yeah, okay. So that's a nine. Sorry, Phil, you missed out, Braj. Uh, maybe Adam will make it for you if you ever return to our state. Uh, yeah, 14 days later after his quarantine is <laughs> yeah. done. Quarantine, you guys see how you feel about it. Uh, I don't know, I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> um, I, yeah, uh, no, my notes are lost. I had some notes. Completely but, side, I don't even know where to put this in. Yeah, where you got? I was at my uh, cousin's bar mitzvah a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. You know what a bar mitzvah is? Yeah, is that when you turn 12 and you become a man? Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, 13 for boys. 13, sorry. Um, and and fat misses for the ladies. Right? Yeah, very good. Okay. Good knowledge. And that's 12, I think, for girls. Hmm. I just, I just, I think I've, I've had a few, I had a few um, Aperols. Uh, <laughs> That'll happen. Yeah. At the thing. And I think I wrote some, a note in my phone about the fact that bar mitzvahs have all these speeches about, um, you know, how their lives so far and what they've achieved. And these, 13. 13. Yeah, it's quite amusing. 13. Yeah. yeah. I mean, their speeches are very cute and funny. Yeah. Oh, I don't okay. Know. You know when, like, Jerry wakes up in the middle of the night and he writes his notes about something he's got to say on the Oh, on he's, the like, laughing to himself. He doesn't know what it is. <laughs> he's, like, writing in his scroll. Yeah, yeah. That was me. So something about bar mitzvahs. I, oh, okay. I just wanted to throw it in there, so I've done it. <laughs> I don't know what it was about, but I'm just throwing it in there. So you've made a humorous note about bar mitzvahs that you can't remember, but uh, you know, at least we've had the conversation. I felt I, I felt I had an observation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you remember your bar mitzvah? Was it a big day for you? Yeah, I did. It yeah. was nice. Do you have to like? You have to do some speech in Hebrew or something? Is that a thing? You it's uh, you read from the Torah. Uh huh. Yes, the Old Testament. Right. So you're a man enough to read from the actual Holy Scripture. Oh, wow. So you have to learn your entire part. You read a part of the story. Hmm. That in the non-Jewish face, do you kind of read the Bible as you go on, or is it just always the same thing every? Because the way the way they, like they let you read it from whenever you can read. No, 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 no. But like, so essentially, how a Jewish year works is that across the year you read the entire Torah, right? Yeah. So oh, you've read it like forty times. Uh, wow! Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. Well, like Donald, what's, your, what's your favorite Donald, book of them? Yeah. They're uh, all great. Um, <laughs> I'd have to say both of them. <laughs> Um, no, look, so you do read, the, the whole idea is that you read through the Torah, that the congregation reads through the Torah, and then you reset, right? Okay. Is that the same in the, do you go through, the, do you actually read the New Testament in, or just? No, they usually just, if, if in in church, in Catholic church or Baptist church or Christian church, whatever, um, they'll generally each week just focus on a random couple of lines, couple of passages, and then make a sermon out of okay. it. So it's just like a little life lesson, but they're not like starting from, you know, not episode one and just pounding through the whole the whole trilogy they're just you know they're just cherry pick jewish faith is basically reading from episode one start the trilogy again restart okay. type thing every year the same stories yeah uh in fact the ending of the reading of the torah i think is like i think the i think it's a i can't remember what the um simchat torah i think or something like that where the the, the rabbis, like the rule is you have to get wasted. Oh, really? So like the rabbis literally encourage everyone to just drink and drink until they can't drink anymore. Wow. Yeah. So I remember the first one that I went to, I couldn't believe it. So when does your year start? Is it January 1 or is it? You don't know, do you? <laughs> uh, yeah, sometime. Oh, uh, I, for some reason, I think it's like April, but it's not. I think it might be September. Okay. It also might not. <laughs> Uh, anyway, hey, at least you're having fun with it, mate. I am. 
So nine out of ten. Oh yeah, and by, on behalf of all the Jewish people, sorry for all that stuff we did two thousand years ago. So we had to do something Christmassy, yeah, because it is Christmas this week. It is apparently. Apparently, it's cancelled though. He's a fuck, seriously. But well, what are we doing? Three top three top three Christmas movies. Yes, yeah. that, that's nice. Isn't I mean, it? it's I mean, it's your run sheet, Tristan. But just <laughs> <laughs> gonna open up and crack another beer, Braj. Oh yeah. All right, yeah. We thought we'd go. We'd do a top three listicle. Uh, top three Christmas movies of all time. Yeah. So why don't we go around and uh, and and nail them out? Uh, Phil, why don't we start with you, Braj? Yeah, I reckon yours might be pretty similar. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, look, and 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 I had exactly that same thought. So like, the like straight off the top of my head, three that came up, and then I'm just going to go into honorable mentions. But also, you know, once I got into those honorable mentions, I was actually bringing them up into the top three. Oh, you know what? If if if, if you've got the same, then yeah, you just got to come up with a new one. We've all to come up. Well, with this is one. yeah on the spot. All right, good. All right, go, Phil. You go first. Well, and this is the piece, like the three obvious ones that came up immediately were Die Hard. Obviously, you know, it's a bit of a hipster's choice for a Christmas movie, but the Christmas movie that isn't really a Christmas movie. Yeah, that's the second a, one was... debate, right? It the is. The debate is that Die Hard yeah. is There's always Christmas. some smart-ass that says, yeah, but Die Hard is a Christmas movie. So is Die exactly. Hard. They're both having a Christmas. Yeah. Exactly. So is that one exactly. of two for you, mate? <laughs> yeah, that's... No, that's just one. I'm going to give Die Hard one spot. The second one is Love Actually, the very aggressively British Christmas movie yeah. that um, is, is, is a bit sappy, is a bit oh, sappy. I, love, but the music, I, I, I rate Love Actually. Lovely movie. Yeah. The music is like exceptional. Christmas Notting Hill. <laughs> that's it. Exactly that. Exactly that. Um, and the third one is Christmas Vacation. <sighs> of course. You know, an absolute classic, which I imagine you two boys would have down. Now, and that ends, my- uh, our Christmas, <laughs> <laughs> and they're all the same. All right, uh, all right. I've got a few. I've got a few backups, so I'm going to let you go next. All right, all right. I'm all assuming right. you had Christmas Vacation as no, well. I mean, Christmas Vacation is number one. Of course it is. Of course it is. I don't know what the hell Bill's talking about making a three. And Christmas Vacation is the best Christmas movie of all time. Of all time. And I was building up to it, Adzo. I was building <laughs> up to it. <laughs> no, okay, so I think. I mean, firstly, it's always on like. It's never on Christmas Day here. It's always on like the twenty third. Yeah, twenty or twenty fourth, right? Like Wednesday yeah. night before Christmas. Yeah, it's usually on like nine gem or something. <laughs> and you only know because you're, just at home you're flicking. And you're flicking, and you always catch it like about fifteen minutes in. And even though you've got it on your laptop or you've got it on any sort of streaming service, the fact that it's on go, you watch, watch it. You watch it with commercials because yeah. of the novelty of having it on TV. Um. Okay. Um. All right, this might be a little bit of a curveball. Go. Home Alone. Yeah, that was... That, I had that yep. in there. Yeah, Home Alone's a fantastic Christmas movie. Yeah. 100%. What makes... Is it... Now, is it nostalgia that makes it so much fun? Yes. Yeah. It's nostalgia. It's got... It's actually got a pretty good soundtrack. It's classic John Hughes. Yeah. Like, he really nails that kind of, like... He speaks to that generation. He speaks yeah. to our generation. I also think it's a movie that has exactly the amount of Donald Trump that you want. Like just no, a little bit. In Home Alone too, yeah, you're, you're already moving on to two, Braj. Oh well, so apparently in that case, what, how much Trump you want is none. None. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very, yeah it's got yeah. just the right amount of Joe Pesci. So you know. Oh, <laughs> uh, there you go. There you go. Just, just enough of that. Just enough of that. I don't know. A little dabble of Donald Trump can be entertaining. Which just the nothing, intense nothing, four nothing. years of him that's been challenging. Um, yeah, Home Alone's a great choice. Okay. Uh, keep him coming. I mean, they're the ones that just sort of come to mind straight away. Oh. 
Let me come back to it. Don't look at my list. No, I'm not looking at your list. Continue. You. Well, I had number one was was of course Christmas Vacation for me. Not my. You know, it's my most watched Christmas movie. Definitely, it's not the best National Lampoons, but I think it's a solid number two. Yeah, I put it above Vegas and European any day of the week. Number two, I had Scrooged. Bill Murray. Bill Murray, yeah. Bill yeah, Murray, yeah, a yeah. mad bobcat yeah. Goldthwait going nuts in it. That's a classic Christmas movie for me. Number three, I found this very tough. Okay, for pure feel-good Christmas, Will Ferrell and Elf really stand out. Gremlins, Ooh. number one, is yep. really a Christmas movie and one of my favourite movies. If that was on right now, I would end the podcast and watch Gremlins instead. Yeah, And, and in many ways... Edward Scissorhands is a Christmas movie all based around what's happening at Christmas and you know how I feel about Edward Scissorhands. I'm going to keep it Christmassy. I'm going to say Elf. Uh, really good, feel-good, family Christmas movie and Will Ferrell's such a lovable goof in that film. You just got to love it. I'll lock it in my number three. Yeah, you're, I mean, Edward Scissorhands was sort of your... Uh, well, yeah. that was my depressing Valentine's Day movie. But uh, it also works as a Christmas movie. It's got Anthony Michael Hall in it. You know how I feel about Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah. <laughs> We're known to write up. Don't get me started on her. Uh, I've got my third, and it's a bloody obvious one. I, I was thinking of it, I couldn't quite put it together. Is it Holy Night, Deadly Night? No, it's Jing- great. Jingle All the Way, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, uh, no you're, you're all going to kick yourself. Bad Santa. No, but you know what? I, I watched it once, and that was enough for me. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. Watched it once, it was enough for me. Well, then you're an idiot. And I hate to say it, Tristan, I've never seen it. Well, then you're an idiot Way more idiot Uh Listen, to anyone who's listening to this and go, yeah, bad, you should watch it then again. Fine. Okay, I will. Let's watch it yeah. right now. I, only if Gremlins isn't on. <laughs> I'd turn off Bill. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll watch that movie right now. And so the other thing that sort of came up for me as I was considering this was the realisation that for me, actually, the best Christmas, um, the best Christmas entertainment has in fact been down the years, the Christmas specials of iconic shows. Yeah. And so, you know, when I looked at it and I'm like, I'm looking at that list going, oh, yeah, that's, that's what you would expect. And then I think to myself, for me, actually, my truest number one, if you can extend to TV shows, is the Simpsons Christmas episode with Bonestorm. Buy me Bonestorm or go to hell. Like, just everything, everything, like the Thrill House quote from it, the fact yeah, that he was shoplifting, the fact that it was back in the days when The Simpsons had an uplifting ending and an actual kind of moral journey that the characters went on. Um, every minute of that is just, for me, the perfect Christmas special. And I think that actually outdoes any of the movies for me. Christmas Critter Special. Critter Christmas. Critter Christmas, yeah. Hail Satan. Oh, yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually love that for me. Hanky's Christmas Special, the one that's just a musical episode, just song after song after song. Yes. I remember watching that with you in San Francisco. Yes. uh, At Christmas and, uh, yeah, classic stuff. I do, you've got a really good point, Phil. I do love a a TV show, beloved Christmas special. There's often a a real, yeah, a a lot to to get out of that. I guess there's the I guess Seinfeld Festivus episode. Sure. Big, you know? I mean, it inspired it inspired the name of this podcast, of this particular episode of the podcast. So uh, well done, Seinfeld. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Seinfeld, our hero of the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice one. All right. So I think we got we, we got some good myths. You know, just to, just to go back to Die Hard, do you sure. guys prefer Die Hard or Die Hard 2? I think 2 is more entertaining. I think 2 is yeah. better. You think 2 is better? Yeah, when the British plane is brought down. Oh, yeah, that, that didn't make any sense, by the way. <laughs> Speaking from aviation background, you can't just get a plane to to just think that the ground is that much. Lo- you can't do you that. You can't affect the cockpit 
controls like that. Can't they just? They've still got their non-electronic equipment. To no, tell they don't. Anyone. It's all computers these days. Uh, well, it wasn't those these days. Those days. <laughs> the fact that he art. Oh, where end, the devil have you been? We're running on fumes up here. Exactly. I love that guy. Oh, the scene where he, you know, the fact of the end. Where, spoiler alert: when he gets out the the um his lighter. Yeah, yeah. And yippee motherfucker! Or when he like slams that a uh, bit of icicle through that guy's, guy's eye. eye. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And it's got um, the fat guy from NYPD Blue in it, you know? <laughs> yeah, as a bad guy. <laughs> well, no, he's just he's just a, a get-in-the-way cop. It's true. Yeah, 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 yeah that's true. Yeah. He's also got well, he's also got the the um, fat guy from uh, Family Matters. He's the good cop. He, well, that was in the first one. Wasn't he in the second one as well? I don't think he was Is in the, in the second, second one. one as well? Was he? I think so, yeah. He's like Carl oh, from Family Matters. Yeah. was like a massive part of the first, first one. one. Why was he in the second one? I think he just happens to be there again. <laughs> He's just in the same airport. <laughs> just buying donuts or something. <laughs> Let's look that up. That's very, oh, no, very I'm, looking at, I'm looking it up. I'm looking at up. Who's the big bad? Who's the, who's, the, who's the main bad guy? Is he He's a star? Like Alan Rickman's the big bad guy in the first one. Yes. Is there like a second one? Is it like... I don't know Jeremy Piven or someone. Is it someone? Someone I would know. I'm getting. I'm, well, I'm Jimmy getting Smiths. I'm getting visions of the bad guy from Passenger Fifty Seven. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why I'm getting. I'm getting my. I'm just thinking 80s. of the bad, the, the bad Spanish guy from um, uh, Toy Soldiers. That's all I can think of. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a great movie. It was a great movie. Is that a Christmas movie? It could be. <laughs> my Christmas movie of the week: Toy Soldiers. <laughs> Sean Austin. I think we lost Phil. <laughs> Phil, are you still there? Okay, wrapping up the show, my friends. We're nogged up. We're HSP'd up. We're, um, we're, I'm, I'm also drinking, you know, these multiple drinks that we talked about. Um, so, favourite segment, fast becoming our fast, the most controversial segment of the show. It has been this week. Uh, Chappie asks. He, he filed quite a, he filed a Trump-esque uh, suit against our response from last week wasn't he called it revisionist history (laughs) and i mean granted it was 26 years ago but it went down exactly as i remember talking about it you know if he if he wants to debate me maybe he should get his own podcast let's let's not let's not turn this into a tissle tassel uh all right so and in this week's edition of chappy asks uh he asks hi friedman podcast Imagine you. <laughs> this one's to me. Yeah. Imagine you and your friends are playing shuffleboard in Texas. Okay, sorry. You want me to read it? No, because no, no. This is, no. All, this is all about all right. you. Imagine you and your friends are playing shuffleboard in a Texas bar. You, the only one who knows the rules, explain ninety-nine percent of the rules. Should you steal victory by enforcing the only rule that you never explained, and then have a tantrum when shenanigans is called? Mm. Phil, did you follow that? I did, and I think this might be the first time I'm back and chappy. Only the rules that have been articulated apply, son. Did you bring some other rules in later? I, don't, I we'd had a few drinks. I can't quite recall what I let, did. Let me tell you do. exactly what happened. <laughs> oh, I the I do not recall <laughs> response. Chappy's getting robin. lawyered here. Yeah, we had a really solid round robin shuffleboard going on. This is a, we were in Texas for listeners. We were in Texas for my Bucks party. And figured the best way to celebrate a Bucks party was to go to a sports bar, uh, which was almost empty, and play shuffleboard and upstairs by ourselves and not talk to anybody. Uh, but we're, Tristan was teaching us how to play shuffleboard. I played it before once and uh, found, neglected to mention that you had to get your shuffleboard 
past the halfway mark for it to count. Is that what it was? Yeah. yeah. And uh, so we were playing as normal. And then Chappie's last spin was up. And all he had to do was just like put it anywhere. He'd already won the game. So he just decided to put it halfway down the, the field. And that was it. Tristan declared it hadn't reached the appropriated and designated distance, took it straight off the table and then declared Chappie was in forfeit and stole the victory. Chappie had never heard of this rule before. Tristan was accused of making it up on the spot. Blows were thrown and all of my friends neglected to talk to each other for the next 24 hours. It got ugly. You guys were like little bitches out there. Uh, I think, I think you in particular, I, you started this one and I'm hundred percent on Chappie with this one. I think I, okay. Firstly, I think your 24 hours might be a little hazy. I actually remember maybe being outside with Chappie sharing a, uh, a drink. Let's just say that yeah. uh, outside, maybe about half an hour later. It but, really wasn't very long. And uh, yeah, look, names were called though. Probably, <laughs> you know, do you remember when we had that trip to the Northern Territory and uh, the one of our friends kicked a poker machine? Yeah, and he was we were subsequently chucked out of the uh, yeah. Darwin Casino. But that friend knew what the rules of that poker machine. No, were. no, my, my my point being that the the security guard said, "Listen, I get it. Oh, yeah. We've been on the road together for a week. Yeah. You know, you're chasing the muff around. Like, no, we don't do any of that stuff. <laughs> you're probably a little agitated. Yeah. It's like no, nothing to do that. So." We had been together for a good few days. We, you know, were on a little sleep and, and you know, obviously... Um, so you're know. saying that all happened because either Chappie or you was horny? It well, doesn't everything happen because we're all a little horny? Yeah, I suppose so. You know? Yeah. Um, we all, we're not, you know, we, we're all happily married, but, you know, they're not over there with us over in Texas, right? So Taking care of business. Taking TCB. <laughs> so, oh, look, I... Have a bit of a fuzzy memory of that night. I, I, I won't. I won't try and defend I think myself. Now's a really good time to apologise. I'll never. Happy. I'll never do that. <laughs> but um, you know, the, the the reality though is, uh, Phil. In case you haven't realised that, Chappie is the Wookie in this situation, and, and you as, have to let them win. Yeah, you have to let them win. Yeah. So I'll, I'll never win this. But uh, look, I will say that uh, I regret uh, not necessarily saying all of the rules um and i will try endeavor not to do that again you didn't need to necessarily explain all the rules because that's a difficult thing to do but when a rule had come up that hadn't been explained you don't automatically declare yourself the winner which is exactly what you did and you know what i appreciate that you've sort of apologized i've got chappy on this one uh but you know whatever we, we, we moved on apparently about half an hour later I thought it was a bit longer than that. No, it definitely wasn't. And here we are now. Yeah. Phil, you okay with that? Sorry, Chappie. Phil was trying to defend you. I, but guess, I, guess... I guess it's a stalemate. Yep. Tristan, do you go for you or Chappie? I go for me. I go for Chappie. Well, that's a draw. Yep. All right. What else do we have at, at the end of the show? Uh, Sydney News and Wrap Up. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I got some Sydney. <laughs> I got some Sydney news. I got some Sydney news. Uh, Sydney sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in Sydney news, my Christmas is ruined. My wife is upset. <laughs> my daughter won't see half of her family. My holiday is cancelled. Thanks a fucking lot, Sydney. <laughs> my Sydney news. Property is ridiculously priced. Um, <laughs> summer is cancelled. And... Um, Our premier sometimes looks like a melted candle. <laughs> All those filthy people in the North Shore. Um, just stay in the North Shore. Well, stay there. Put up the spit bridge. You know, guys, you have your COVID. <laughs> have your COVID and your little boat races. Just stay in the North Shore. <laughs> stay your side of the spit, guys. 
We don't want you. Yeah, and in Sydney news, um, Phil got out. Phil's not in Sydney. Phil, have you got any Brisbane news? <laughs> I'll tell you right now, the real winner in uh, listening to all of that unfold, as far as I'm concerned, the real winner here is the game of shuffleboard because never before has anybody cared so much about it that so many years later they're still holding grievances. That's piece number one. Secondly, I'm deeply impressed at whichever one of your friends it is managed to get themselves kicked out of Sky City Darwin Casino. <laughs> That's the next level. Um, and then to wrap to it up, I think Tristan... There he is. He punched the poker machine in the face. Yeah. And then security drags Abs- him uh, there and told us to go find some girls. I love that I don't know about that. I was supposed to punch him in the face. Absolutely. He's got my backing 100%. Uh, Tristan, that was a roundabout apology worthy of a politician. So a round of applause on that. And uh, yeah, Chappie's, Chappie's right on this one. But uh, we we, you know... Nobody likes to admit that. So, uh, you know what? Chappie's wrong. Thank you. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you. All right. So, there, Chappie. Sorry, you lost again. Damn. Sorry, yeah. Chaps. Actually, uh, I'm pretty sure Tristan, Tristan, I'm pretty sure you admitted that Chappie was right, and so did Adzo. So, he's still, he's still up. He's still up. But, well, uh, but no. For, for yeah. me, the nuance comes into, comes into this. In the, final, in the final round, he had an easy move to get a win. And then he's essentially been like a cricketer who can do the underarm bowl like that legendary time in Australia cricket a long time ago because it's part of the rules. And so he's done that. And the simple fact is if he had known what the rule was, then he would have behaved accordingly and absolutely would have scored for the win. So as far as I'm concerned, that's the win. All jokes aside, Chappie's Chappie's earned that win. Can I just go... Well, this is this this isn't over yet. Oh wow, we're back. <laughs> Sydney news. <laughs> All right, well, we already did our Sydney news. Sydney oh, yeah, Sydney blows. Um, the reality where my mental mentalness was here during this thing was I didn't care enough. You know, we'd been drinking all day. I just sort of made a rule. I, I just I forget about the level of care. So you know, maybe my biggest fault was caring too little. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah. Or, or not realizing just how competitive some of our friends can be about these <laughs> meaningless competitions. Who own guns? There, there. Yeah, this one does anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry, I love and with that, and with that, I think we move on. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, you have to defend him, uh, Phil, because you're currently residing in the same city as him. Yeah. He'll find you. Yeah, I know, I know. He's actually here, holding a gun to me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's, why don't, uh, let's wrap it up there. Yeah, we, 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 Adam and I don't. We, we got Bill and Ted's to watch. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. This is gonna end our first series of show. We're gonna take a few weeks off because we're busy time in Sydney at the moment. Huge, <laughs> lot going on. No, we're gonna take a couple of weeks off over Christmas and New Year. Um, we're gonna come back bigger and better next year. Might even invest in multiple microphones. Wow, imagine that. What about that? Not just the one we pinch for my work. <laughs> so, guys. Um, <laughs> Fuck off 2020. Here's to a much better 2021. Yeah. Um, thank you again for all of your support. Thank you for listening to us. Um, we really enjoyed doing this and the feedback's been fun. So, yeah. What yeah. do you reckon? Until next year, guys, from the fat team to you. This is the Freedman Podcast. Strap in. Strap in. Later, guys. Merry Christmas, everyone.